This is Open Mic Life. Let's go! Welcome to this week's episode. We have a very special guest coming. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm so happy that you're listening to this week's episode. And I want to start by thanking all of you who listened to the intro episode. It was really amazing to see all of the places where people listen from. And definitely we could recognize who some of you were based on where you're located. So thank you so much. Thank you for all the feedback. Thank you for the encouragement. It has been a really great week. So I'm very happy to be starting today's episode. On this week's episode, we are going into the question of how do you find out what you want to do through the perspective of Grace Kinkin Sweeney, who is a professional coach. Grace is both a life coach and an educator. She supports a wide range of people in finding and increasing their fulfillment, be it personally or professionally, through her practice, 613 Fulfillment Coaching Company. Grace is also a board member of the International Coaching Federation here in Luxembourg, supporting the growing community of coaches and the power of coaching. It's really an amazing talk. I learned so much about coaching in general, about her practice, and the one word that we're focusing on the whole time is fulfillment. It means something different to everybody. However, we're looking into how we can increase our fulfillment. But it wouldn't really be an open mic life episode without also catching up with Hike. So without further ado, Hike on the mic. Welcome back. Episode two. How are we feeling? Yeah, uh, pretty good. I had a blast last night uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's Sunday, but uh, work never stops. At least I... not when work is also your, your hobby. So That's what I was going to say. I thought this is pleasure, not just work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's, uh, what's up for us today? So today I'm going to talk to you about our guest this week, Grace. Okay. Yeah. She is a coach. And before the interview, I want to talk to you about like, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say coaching? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, therapy. <laughs> therapy, right? Well, yeah. ther- is in a way, but let's say professional therapy, right? Like, not okay. therapy for your professional career. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's but a good per- yeah. Therapy for your professional career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to me, a... we went into this uh, discussion because I said, okay, how do you di- differentiate coaching between therapy or yeah. guidance, etc.? So I think this is an interesting topic that we have. You ever tried coaching, actually? Yourself? Actually, I have. Yeah, 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 I have. Technically, obviously, every every coach has their own story. Otherwise, you know, why would you take someone's word? He had uh, quite an inter- interesting career, which was not really focused on on necessarily, you know, like it, it wasn't like a typical corporate career. He was more of a, a personal trainer. He used to be a personal trainer. Uh, actually, he and then he, he became it again had a whole how do you say a, a process with him which was a couple of weeks and then um, he basically asked me a bunch of questions and I got to talk a lot things about the past things about the present 
and also how I would like to see and shape my future. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was that was kind of the the yeah the process that we had. And how did you choose him? Because this is one of the things I talk about with Grace. Because yeah. I think finding a coach that suits you yeah. and you suit to them, it's almost mm -hmm. like dating. Because but like on a yeah. different level, because you have to click with the person. True. So. I chose him because he was one of the three options and he was, it was a dude mm -hmm. and the other two were women. And, and I'm not saying that like I can be coached by women, but specifically um, at the stage in life I was at back then, I think the things I needed coaching about were more related to perhaps my, my masculinity, you mm -hmm. know, which can, which can serve me at times, but also, Uh, kind of be a, a hinder it, it can it can you know it's it's like a double-edged sword it, it's, it can be strength and a weakness at the same time and he was like a very buffed you know two meter tall dude so I I figured he has some some macho about him as well and um, you know if, you, if you've reached certain success I for me technically I just needed a question answered which is how do you deal um with this 21st century um you know path that comes at you being a manly man i guess this was like kind of a question that that i was like i, I was curious about so that that's what made me pick pick him mm -hmm. yeah. thank you for being so honest because i think a lot of people try to you know come up To, to answer this question specifically like with a deeper answer I think mm. it's a very good way to put it because you have to click with him on the level that you need right now yeah so I think that's a super cool thing to say yeah. and also thank you for sharing what question you had yeah yeah well it's something right like yeah. I've uh, I've I figured this is this is something that I should pay attention to the most mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at that point yeah another thing that really came to mind when i was talking to grace was her coaching is mm -hmm. based on giving people fulfillment so it's not necessarily only professional she's using yeah. different tools to help people feel fulfilled in a specific area of their lives and she's also developing herself you know because she first focused on one two you're going to hear about it and then now she's expanding into a new area and mm -hmm. to me the word fulfillment can mean so many different things mm -hmm. and i wanted to ask you when somebody says that coaching is based on uh, is going towards fulfillment mm -hmm. what, what do you make of that what do you nice. make if of that Um, well, I think I think it has everything to do with uh, setting goals and having that north star on the horizon, knowing where you're going towards. Typically, a fulfillment might sound like a milestone, right? Like you you set out kind of checkpoints that I, that you have to go through before you reach your final destination, your final goal. Um, however, when your north star is like a It's 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 like a much more um, long term objective. Um, fulfillment can become very vague. You, you 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 it's it's very difficult to 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 grasp. Hey, am I fulfilled or not? So to me, fulfillment is actually taking every so every step 
even if it's just one step at, at, at a day uh, towards that objective, towards that goal is fulfillment or mm -hmm. going towards fulfillment. Um, although fulfillment is kind of a <clears throat> concluding word, right? It's like yeah. reaching fulfillment. To me, it's also, if I can go to bed tonight thinking like, hey, I've, I've done a good job. I'm, I'm happy with what I did today. And, you know, within a year, I'll probably be able to, you know, travel to that country that I wanted to go to. Like maybe I put down, put, put down like even like 50 euros in savings for, for that big trip that I'm going to. That's fulfillment as well, right? So it's it's exactly those small milestones, hmm. um, and sometimes you don't you don't even have to set them, right? You don't. It's not. I mean, you always have to set milestones. You always have to make a plan. You always have to like map out the the path you have to take. However, it's also just good to know that you're still on that path, and yeah, that's exactly fulfillment in a way as well. This is super nice way to put it because I also believe that the feeling of fulfillment is going towards exactly what you want and not necessarily only re only reaching it because I think this puts a person very much on a hamster wheel to just yeah. be fulfilled once you achieve it and not in the process of it no yeah true that yeah and I, I think that often this gets lost in the process to enjoy yeah. the process I agree yeah. I, I have an example I was once with a friend we had to uh, we had to go somewhere and was closed And we missed our, missed our last train. We didn't know where to go and it was freezing outside. It was really freezing. We were hungry. It was like a dire situation. But then what we, what we started to do was technically start, started to drop jokes about it and, and, and laugh. And, and it's usually also learning that also when you kind of anticipate some of these problems uh, to occur, um, And you were like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to face it with a smile and see what happens. Because if it's going to happen, like, you know, might as well, like, smile through it and see mm -hmm. if it makes a difference. And honestly, yeah. it, for me, it has. In many cases, it has. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I always say attitude. So I wrote a haiku once before about this, right? The attitude, the word attitude. I love it. So haiku for the for the ones that don't know it, it's a Japanese way of 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 making a poem, Japanese structure. So technically, it's uh, three sentences with with uh, the structure of five, seven, five syllables. So the first sentence is five syllables, second sentence seven, and then third one again five. And and the haiku goes as follows: It says, "Attitude comes first, rise after summer falling for the winter spring." So What it technically is referring to is exactly what we just now discussed. Is basically if you hold a good attitude, so that's when when your attitude comes first, you will rise after the summer falling for the winter spring. So it's it it actually refers to the to the to the seasons, the four seasons. Shout out to Vivaldi, one of my favorite classical <laughs> composers. But it it's it it has an order for a reason, and it is the the natural order, right? You have uh summer fall winter spring but it says rise after summer falling so you have good times you have the summer the summer refers to the to the perfect you know ev when everything is right and you're like being looking into into the horizon and you're like yeah my life is the bomb right. it's the shit yeah but then you have fall which we're in right now it's november by the way um 
and it refers to the fall, whether it's the leaves that fall or if, if it refers to the decline of your of your good situation because you cannot stay in a in 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 the status quo, so to say. Yeah. And then there is some wordplay that comes for the winter spring. So it can refer to both winter, but also the winner. So if you are a winner, you will one day again uh, encounter spring. And spring is, is it's it's widely known as you know the new rebirth, beginning. new yeah. beginnings, the renaissance. Yeah. So you the winners they hold a good attitude in the yeah. first place, right? And they they also, I mean the most the top athletes they have injuries they're sometimes out of this and, and come back just because they have that attitude they still go back they hit the gym they they get back in shape and before you know it they go for the next championship right yeah so yeah well that was great thank you so much so yeah. today on hike on the mic we have a hike by hike <laughs> exactly. try to say that three times <laughs> fast <laughs> wow that could have been a high call itself. Actually, I should count syllables, yeah. but like. <laughs> Grace, welcome to Open Mic Life. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here and taking time out of your day. We're going to talk about what it looks like because I think it's amazing that you made it here and that you can <laughs> even make time for all of the things that you're doing so thank you so much for no being worries. here so how's your day so far yeah it's great thank you yeah it's, it's good it's, it's nice to take a moment to do something that i wouldn't usually do every day so thank you for having me of course it's our pleasure and that you uh trusted us with being one of our first guests so that's wonderful and I just said the name of your company, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about it and how you got started with it. So I did my first year and then as I went into my second year, you got to then really branch into certain avenues. And one of these avenues was uh, coaching and mentoring. The other options were kind of like leadership and management or um, kind of like special needs kind of, kind of area. Um, and I'd already had leadership positions and I wanted to do something different. So I went into uh, the coaching and mentoring. I started to do my thesis on kind of the, the impact that coaching can have on teacher well-being. All and right. this is where I completely fell in love with coaching. Um, just doing my own research and seeing the effects that it has, it was just incredible. Um, and really looking at the history of coaching and, and the power that it has. So once I got my master's, I um, started to do my coach training. And then I knew that this was kind of my calling. This was my purpose. This is how I was going to contribute to the world and help people. Um, and I kept talking about kind of having my own business doing this, but I could never think of a name. And I would always see these numbers everywhere, six, one, and three. And it would just be in different orders. It would be my flight number, the car reg in front of me. They were just everywhere. Um, and one day I looked kind of up like, does it mean anything? Yeah, yeah. started calling it 613 to mm -hmm. give it a name. And then someone just said to me, why don't you just call it that? Because you're calling it right. anyway. So I did. Um, so it is a little bit different. Um, but I quite like that. So, I think it's a great yeah. story. People think that behind everything there has been a meaning that from the topic of what they're 
supposed to be doing and now you think the backstory of mm. the name of your company it's actually mm. something very personal yeah. for somebody who has no idea okay. of how coaching works so what is the process the link with kind of the teaching was just how i fell into coaching all right and really i am all about um fulfillment i believe mm -hmm. that fulfillment is like a basic human right for everybody and it's this feeling that you get kind of in your gut in your stomach on that sounds really yeah. great say it again <laughs> fulfillment is a basic human right for everybody yeah that's absolutely. a great mantra i think yeah and um and this looks different for everybody as well um, whether it's kind of personal or professional, but regardless of what you're wanting to work on, it holistically impacts everything in your life. Mm -hmm. So I don't say that, oh, I just help teachers or I just help this person. I think it's all about who actually connects with me and who I connect with. And I know mm -hmm. that regardless of the topic, I can help them. And coaching is just kind of that professional relationship that, that gets you to achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. It's conversational based, it's solution focused, it's forward focused, and the coachee is taking the ownership, the responsibility, the autonomy, they're completely in control. And I'm just there as a sounding board, I broaden the perspective, I question, I provoke. Mm -hmm. um, and through this dialogue, we get them to um, find some actions, some steps they can take in order to reach their goal. That's great. Yeah, that sounds really nice. And when I think that one of the other things we were trying to do is take out stigma out of mm. certain industries. So when somebody tells me uh, they need coaching, mm. I think the more close-minded person would say, oh, you're lost. You don't know mm. what you're doing. Sometimes this stops people from seeking coaching, although they think, wow, I can really benefit from this. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to people who think that only the ones who don't know what they want mm. go to coaching? The people who are seeking coaching, it's because they want to enrich their life in some capacity. And it doesn't matter how big or small this is, um, a lot of people also say, oh, well, I don't know what I'd be coached on. Mm -hmm. And I just welcome those people to a conversation because they'll be really surprised on what it is that they do end up being coached on. And if you just really take a moment to just take a beat, to breathe, just to think about your life and what maybe could be better or what you want to dream or dare to dream, just by having these coaching conversations, it allows this to start to happen and it puts kind of the, the wishes into reality. So a gr if you're lost, yeah, come along, have the conversation. But also if you just really want to enhance yourself, mm -hmm. come along too. And in a practical way, what does it look like? Right? Mm -hmm. I'm averagely happy person, yeah. but I think there could be more. And I would come to you mm -hmm. and you would help me to ask the right questions. We would start off with kind of a connection call, mm -hmm. which is just really like a, a half an hour complete test that connection together. Just, you know, do we have a good rapport? Is mm -hmm. it some, so it's um, important, right? Yeah. If people click. It's really I important. I think, of course, it's very different from... Um, going to counseling or a psychologist or something like mm. that. But again, this is such an interpersonal experience. So yeah. I think it's also important that you click with the person that you're coached by or coached, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, making sure that you feel safe with yeah. that person, that you can be honest, 
next mm-hmm. that you you don't feel judged or mm-hmm. though you really do open up and you're not not afraid to say anything yeah during that conversation we would just start to crack open a few things and have a little bit of fun and just be like what do you dream of Diana like what do you want what have you always hoped for and we can have you know we I just start making a list of desires and mm-hmm. uh, my coaching tends to be online people are a little bit more open and they feel a little bit safer and they're in their own environment and the camera is actually off as well it allows people to and I'm doing it now I'm like looking into the distance and it helps people start to to dream and Mm -hmm. and to visualize different things rather than having someone staring at you Um, but that's just my personal way of doing Mm -hmm. it as well if so I yeah I would be typing away all of these desires and then we just start to say okay what would have the biggest impact on you right now and how could this start to look or we would kind of take, if it sounds like, oh, you've got a lot going on, kind mm-hmm. of like you're juggling a lot of plates, lots of different things. We would start to just look at, at your world and see, okay, what are all these segments that you have? How are all of these feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, and what can, what do we need to support? What needs to be changed? What are our priorities? What's yeah. that balance like? I think that's a very good point because one of the things that I think nowadays can be very challenging for people and that I cannot say I'm a huge fan of is this hustle culture mm. where we think constantly more is more. I have to be doing all of these things. Look at this other person who is doing so much more. Oh my God, you're two years younger than me mm. and you're already so much ahead in a uh, area of your life. Mm-hmm. So do you think that nowadays people struggle more with this where they juggle just too many things mm-hmm. and not necessarily being able to prioritize what is the one thing that can actually make them happier if they put more time into it. Yeah, I think it's definitely been the case as well in the past, say even kind of Mm -hmm. pre-COVID. That's a good point. I really want to talk about how things have changed Mm -hmm. from before and after COVID. I'm sure for me at least how much my mindset has changed in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that in all the industries, you know, and it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But definitely there was this, you know, people are just on that hamster wheel and they don't take that time to reflect or see how they can adjust and improve their lives or, or even be aware that they can. And I think this is a, a huge thing. People just think they just keep on going, keep on going. And, and they don't even notice that they can improve little things that it will make a vast difference to mm-hmm. Not only them, but there's this ripple effect that happens. If I am good, then so is my daughter, so is my husband, so is then her life. You know, it mm-hmm. just ripples on and on. So, no, I completely agree. But um, it takes for people that something bad happens, that they mm. see they have to first fill their cup before they can fill others. Yes. Meaning that how do we avoid getting to the point mm where we just cannot go anymore. So how do you avoid this burnout point and get to the realization that you need to change something before it's acute? It all comes down to Mm self-awareness. Having that self-awareness and giving yourself the time and space and permission to reflect and pause. 
And this is what people sometimes find difficult to do. And that's why it's really great to have somebody as that sounding board to help you structure this reflection. Mm -hmm. Taking just that space to really assess your life and just check in with yourself. And a huge thing always comes down to what are your values? How self-aware are you about who you are? Because this is what then directs the rest of your life as well. Do you think that comes with age or with experience? How do you think somebody who is not necessarily in the space of having people around them, how do you think somebody can come to that? Do they just wait until they're old enough to get it or... I don't think it comes with age because I can see with some older generations that they're a little bit more close-minded to this. Mm-hmm. Where when I look at, say, the students I've worked with, they are incredibly open and want to have this self-awareness and, and see it as a strength. Where some of the, you know, for example, when I talk to my mom about this kind of stuff, it's she just she doesn't get it you (laughs) know it's just a different world and maybe she knows everything about herself or though or they they often think they do yeah yeah so but if you poke a little bit at it my experience has been that the conversation is over very quickly because (laughs) they realize how much there is no absolutely yeah and even similarly with um so my brother is actually 15 years older than me Mm -hmm. And we were having these conversations about core values and I was kind of giving examples about how when I got married, we established kind of core values of our, of our relationship. Uh, when we had our daughter, we established some family core values. And this is what we always kind of return to. And this blew my brother's mind. Did you actually yeah. sit down and have this conversation yeah. with your husband? Yeah. That's a really, really good point because having your partner support what you're doing Mm -hmm. must be very important too. What does a conversation like this look like? There's always one person who is more self-aware than the other one in a relationship. What does it look like saying to this person, look, I want to sit down, I want to talk about our core values? From quite early on, if we needed to have one of those serious chats about something, when you've got time, can we have an AGM? And this was like our code word. All right. And it was like, yep, sure, no worries. And then when that person had the capacity to just kind of, you know, create that space and say, right, okay, I'm ready. Or Friday night, mm-hmm. open a bottle of wine, like we'll sit down and have this talk. So, And it's not like the one we need to talk where you think about all the things you've done yeah, wrong. No, you know? you no, give it's them, definitely not. Yeah, you give them the space yeah. to, for them to choose when they're ready yeah. to have this. Yeah. yeah. And... During that conversation, it is very much, there's no judgment. You can say what you want to say. The other person's going to listen. You can respond. But kind of what you say in this space also just stays here. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it's over, you're kind of back to making the coffee, making the dinner, whatever. When these big life changes are coming up for us, we kind of pull an AGM and we sit down and we say, okay, right, what are our kind of core values going to be for having our daughter, for example, what are our family core values? And I think we made up about four that mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of live by and try to live by. 
and it's easier to to try to reflect to those when life gets a bit crazy, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So when things aren't feeling particularly great or you know, you're starting to feel a little bit triggered, this is when your core value has been threatened. Mm -hmm. So this is when we would sit down again and say, look, you know, we said that we would balanced with kind of our approach to everything but at the minute I'm feeling like I'm taking on way too much than I can handle mm -hmm. um like we need to readjust and you having something to come back to or add to really really helps and it gives you that structure and it's important to know that core values are always changing they're never the same yeah and um, so it's important again to kind of have that time to reflect do we still agree with these what do we want to add in that is that we even forgot about that one take it out mm -hmm. um so yeah and it, we're quite lucky that we my husband is very self-aware mm -hmm. um and I just like talking about this stuff all day yeah so, so it, it does <laughs> and when you apply things like this to your coaching, yeah. do you recommend to people to focus on a couple of things, on a couple of core values when yeah. they try to answer their own questions? Yeah. yeah, I would always kind of ask if they're aware of what their core values mm -hmm. are. And often the coaching is, it's really good to start the coaching process with this. So I would, I kind of have developed this three-pronged approach, I, I call it. And there's like three phases on finding your core values because a lot of people go, oh yeah, I know what mine are. And it's like, well... It's usually family, yeah. all of these basic things that you think. But I, I want to go back a little bit also to what you were starting to say with your brother. Yeah. I'm interested how he reacts when you say what like this process that mm. you have with your husband because yeah. I can see myself more communicating like that yeah but if I were to say this to my brother yeah he would be like oh my god you have too much time on your hands or something like yeah. this right yeah so do you know like the differences of... in a family yeah and how this works when you want to have an important conversation because yeah. if you have if this is your approach to these conversations and you yeah. want to discuss something like this with a brother a mother mm. a friend but yeah. they respond differently. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Well, with my brother, it was, you know, one of my core values personally is that I really do need safety. Mm -hmm. Now, that can mean different things to everyone. But for me in particular, it means financial security. Mm -hmm. And and I saw this light go in his head. And I was like, I carried on speaking. I was like, so when it comes to moving country, when it comes to buying a house, and um, this is something that I need to make sure he's satisfied and taken care of and nurtured. And he was like, God, that's just like my sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. And I said, right. And I pulled it back to them. Like, but if you're aware of these things, this is where you're br you bring your conversation and then you can start to accommodate for that. You can start to compromise and you both start to win on the journey. You've kind of got the different degrees of yeah, maybe the mums who are mm -hmm. just like, nope, I know everything. Yeah. You've then got that middle part, you know, my brother's like 40 odd and he's like cracking open to this mm -hmm. and starting to get his awareness. Obviously I'm doing it, but then I've got my niece who's 18 
and she is like fully so open, you yeah. know, really ready for this, has had coaching sessions, mm-hmm. has got like a thriving business at 18. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. She, she uses strategies to keep balanced and achieve the life that she wants. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Does it come with age? And no, I don't no. think it does. When I talk about it, older people, like older generations, my parents, friends of theirs, speak to somebody who is their age, their peer, and you just kind of see that slowly but surely they're getting what you're mm. saying. But sometimes I see fear in that yes. when they start to become aware of something, mm. when you start to talk about a topic in this way of communicating and they start to be aware, but it's so much easier to kind of go on. I think that this is something that sometimes stops people. And I really want to find a way to talk to people about self-awareness, mm. especially older people who are afraid to look into that part of mm. themselves. I don't know, childhood trauma. Like, mm. for example, trauma is such a triggering word for them because they associate it with violence. It can mean so many different things and you can look at that in a different way at every age and you can always work on it and it will improve your life yeah. in a way. About your clients, what is the age range of yeah. people who come to you? Yeah, this is a great question. So I have worked with students. Mm-hmm. Youngest has been about 16. Okay. Uh, but generally more kind of university students. And then... And do they come to you? Yes, they have yeah. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On this line, um, kind of in my kind of day job as being a teacher as well, um, and I work in a primary school, bringing this coaching element to those children as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently working with the school on seeing how we can be a little bit more explicit with this as well. So it's even gonna go even younger, which, okay. which would be great. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it is kind of people around retirement age. Okay, um, that they want to do something different and they want to help them to figure yeah. out. Because it's a huge transition for them. And it's, and it's really important that they're giving themselves this time to see what they can do. And it mm-hmm. isn't just that everything suddenly stops. Huge range of industry as well. There's people who are homemakers to people who are in like the financial sector, broad spectrum, which I absolutely love. And are there people that you connect to more easily than others? Has there been somebody who comes from, I don't know, now you made a very big distinction between homemaker and somebody from the mm-hmm. finance industry, but. Have you ever thought to yourself about somebody from a certain industry? Wow, how am I going to tackle this one? I have had that thought. um, And you know, they have been the best conversations. It was a client who was out in America. um, He was in real estate. We were really, he was a big entrepreneur and was really getting into some things. And I did have that, oh, I know nothing about this mm-hmm. and I don't need to know anything because that isn't the skill set that I'm bringing he doesn't need me to do that job too yeah he needs me to be a good coach and ask the right questions and broaden his perspective on things and and that's what I did and it works and sometimes not knowing everything about something is it just makes it better yeah and so now when kind of someone comes along who maybe is completely different to some a client I've had before I just get excited yeah. because you just don't know where then that conversation is going to go yeah um, which is is really cool and that must be nice because you definitely seem like a person who likes 
to have an open conversation. Yeah. So I think that must be a very important aspect of trying to find out what you want to do, that you have to have an open mind. Yes. Because I think with coaching, people sometimes probably come to you and they're like, okay, what should I do? Yes. Tell me, yeah. should I, what, what is A, B and C that I yeah. can do? And this is, I think, one of the myths as well. Yeah that you know, they think that you're going to advise them or that you are a therapist or a mentor yeah. and you're definitely not. Mm -hmm. um, we're trained in a very different way. Yeah, you're the one who's in control. We're just really supporting and facilitating this journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this sounds really interesting to think about because while people don't like being told what to do, when they really want to change, they tend to exactly look for the right answers. But yeah. at the end of the day, you, will, you could tell them, well, you're a good coach, so I suppose you won't, but you could tell them do this and this and this. But then when in another 10 years they come with the same dilemmas, yes. I think then we can go back to you helping them uh, find these core values that they can uh, go back to and yeah. reflect on. Yeah, absolutely. Because in another 10 years, your core values are going to change yeah. as well. And your circumstances change and priorities change and... Absolutely. But you give them the toolkit of being able to figure it out once again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. And that's really important. And I think sometimes in conversations, somebody might say, but, but what would you do? Who else could you almost ask about this and yeah. get them to think about that? Well, what, would, what do you think they would say to you right now? Mm -hmm. Or what would your future self say to you right now? Yeah. And just getting them to almost answer those questions themselves as well. Exactly. Um, so yeah. asking the right questions and guiding them to the answers. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. And I asked you before how like these young people, how they find you. So you see somebody who you think could benefit from coaching. Yeah. Has it ever happened that somebody says, hey, I have this friend, could I give him a gift card to come to you? Ah, Has this yeah. ever happened? That's never happened, okay. but that is a great idea. <laughs> um, no, people have often said, oh, what's the best way? I've got a friend, you know, mm -hmm. who might be interested in finding out more. And I just kind of direct them to like my Instagram page yeah. and just say, you know, there's videos on there, like see what they think. I often worry that then people, like at the moment, I've been basing a lot of kind of, I don't want to call it promotion, but kind of showcasing that I'm doing a lot of work with like new parents, new mums, mm -hmm. um, new dads, and just new families really. And just ensuring that they're giving themselves that time to establish routines and balance and this huge transition in life. Yeah. And if you went to my Instagram right now, you'd probably see a lot of this being showcased. Mm -hmm. And I never want people to think, oh, well, she's a pregnancy coach because yeah. that isn't what I'm about. I'm a fulfillment coach. It's just that I happen to be showcasing a lot of this right now, but I still have my usual clients who are still working on X, Y, and Z. So um, I don't want people to kind of be turned away from that because um, mm -hmm. that's not the case. So I just generally invite people to, to say, look, have a connection call, just slide into the DMs, let's have half Scroll a bit further down yeah, to see other yeah, things that I'm don't doing. Don't look at what's pinned, yeah. <laughs> go a bit further. Um, you just mentioned something new that you're doing, a new niche uh, that you're d delving into since you got another hat uh, <laughs> a year ago when you became a mom. Yes, yeah. And how was this transition for you and what inspired you to bring this into mm. your coaching? So I really felt that when I was expecting, there was the care for her 
in my tummy, but there wasn't necessarily the care for the family, for me, and going through this, this transition. Get coached, I can have these conversations, you know, I can sit with myself and have kind of that internal dialogue. And, and I had such a positive experience the whole way through. And I just wish this for everybody because you hear all these different stories and you just think, oh, if you just want to give them a hug and mm -hmm. just say, you know, if we can just give you this space and you these tools, your experience will be quite different. And this really bothered me. Like I wanted people to really just scoop up the, the adults in this. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started to think about kind of those three stages of when you are expecting, when you're in that fourth trimester, as soon as baby's kind of born and how your world has been turned upside down and how you can support yourselves. But then afterwards, when everything settled down a little bit, but you're like, I'm now a parent, like <laughs> what's going on? And it talks a little bit about intentional parenting and, and bringing all of these different things we've already mentioned today mm -hmm. into it. But I also want to hold the dad as well and hold space for them because- I think it, that's a great point to make. And sorry to interrupt you. No, we, we were just last night at a friend's place where we were, I believe four couples, two were expecting. Mm -hmm. uh, you could see that these two were talking to each other the whole time we were talking to each other mm -hmm. about completely different things. And after maybe 15 minutes, you could see that the two expecting moms were talking to each other, the two, expect the two dads mm -hmm. were talking to each other. And it just, and then I thought a little bit about our interview coming up today, mm -hmm. that there can definitely be a divide and mm -hmm. it's, often said and this is such an old school thing to say <laughs> that when oh he's such a hands-on dad he's helping mm. you <laughs> i think that first of all hopefully we're moving away from this yeah. of course uh, but i think in a lot of places it's still so much like that subconsciously or not and then the last thing that somebody thinks about is who helps the dad or what kind of a help the dad might need yeah yeah, yeah. definitely they they also are going through this this huge change and they have to to an element watch their loved one doing this and, and you know we're saying dads but it's really just whoever that that birth partner that life partner is it can take many different forms and it and it's difficult and I think they kind of get pushed to the side a little bit because everyone tends to rush to the baby and then they hold the mum and then you kind of forget to look at that other person we know that some people aren't great at kind of talking and sharing as it is and, it, and that just makes it even harder. But when we can hold all of the parties in the situation, it will just really help everything to flourish. When I first did the kind of pulled together the idea and built the program, I sent it to a few friends who happened mm -hmm. to be expecting and I was like, is anything missing from this? What do you think? And it was great to get their feedback too because they were like, no, this is exactly what people need. Mm -hmm before the baby actually comes like earth side, let's yeah. say, um, please go and have some some sessions. Go and mm -hmm. find out what kind of dad you want to be, what baggage you want to get rid of, mm -hmm. what you don't want to do, what you do want to do, how you want to show up as a dad, as a husband mm -hmm. or yourself and come back to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good way to put yeah. it. Like maybe that's one of the biggest blessings of our generation yeah. that we have. Yeah. Uh, to be able to have these conversations and to be able to tell your partner, yes, go figure it out yeah. and then come back to me. Because there is also power in knowing what you cannot help them with. 
yes. and knowing what do, they would have to talk to somebody else mm. to figure out because I really like just the same way as if I break my leg I wouldn't go to my partner if my spirit is broken he is not responsible in this way for me this episode of the podcast is yes. focused on how to find out what you want to do. Later on in the season, we're going to be interviewing people from all kinds of different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And we're going to ask them again, how did you find out what you want to do? Mm -hmm. And we actually started the conversation with you telling us how you found out yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. But what would you advise a person, be it somebody as young as 16 or somebody close to retirement, just how to find out what they want to do okay so this is and i know question. it's a loaded question yeah so it's 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 so difficult because on one hand you have got all of the reasons and ways that you fall into something mm -hmm. trial and error the market the um just your current circumstances um, your education, what is just convenient at the time. And this is how people end up just doing something that they never even thought that they would end up doing and end up not maybe being happy. Mm -hmm. On the complete other end of the spectrum, you've got kind of that sweet spot where it's something you love, it's something that you're passionate about, it's something that contributes to the world and you get paid for it. Mm -hmm. And this That's a good point. This is, you know, yeah. this is the real one that you want. And mm -hmm. I think realistically, you need to find that balance in the middle. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a great way to put it and please finish your sentence i'll just go back no because i think balance is a word that we haven't used much in this conversation mm -hmm. but i think fulfillment and balance are so correlated yeah. so yeah it all comes then to that self-discovery and knowing who you are it comes to knowing what your values are at this moment and it's stripping how you were raised your culture your religion what you got told and, and really getting to the bare bones of mm -hmm. what, who are you, what do you want in life, and letting this direct your decision. But coaching can really help you create that, that the right mindset, mm -hmm. create those action plans, um, kind of get the appropriate goals so you know what you're striving for, you know, just one step at a time, yeah. um, assess your skills and give you that perspective as well mm -hmm. for what you need. Yeah. And I think it's considering all of these different things and then looking at, you know, the reality of where you are, you know, what exactly. is the location, yeah. what's your environment. To strip away how you were raised, religion, all of that. It requires a lot of courage, in a way, mm. to do it. And yeah. people sometimes don't have this person to bounce off ideas with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a coach could be very useful. One thing I've, I've wondered about coaching, because people are sharing their intimate thoughts with you, mm -hmm. their desires. How do you, for yourself, set a boundary when you mm -hmm. feel that you're either getting too attached to somebody mm -hmm. or they're getting, in a way, too close to you? Well, this would be kind of one of my work-life core values, let's yeah. say. It's definitely a skill that you have to flex, but I do feel like I've kind of conquered that now. And there's a few different ways to do that. I'm very visual, so I really think about stepping into uh, that coaching space, having my coaching hat on, you know, mum hats off, wife hats off, and I can very easily step away from this. Uh -huh. If something is quite emotional, very draining for me I go and actually have a therapy session all right so I've got um, a lady that I just you know my go-to 
and um, when I need to just ground myself and process kind of how if I'm happening to internalize this then I have my outlet to do that mm-hmm. a safe confidential space yeah that being said I've only had to do that a couple of times mm-hmm. it's not like a regular a regular thing yeah um, but it's there and I'm aware of what I need in those situations yeah so um, there's so many opportunities in coaching mm-hmm. coming up, you know, that's happening now um, in the industry. Um, and one of the main things is about, you know, the, the certification and the regulation of coaches. Mm-hmm. And one message I'd love to get across is just purely for the care of people who are hoping to be coached in the future, just how to find the coach for you yeah um, and how to make sure it's a proper coach yeah you know you absolutely hit the nail on the head there with that kind of example it often you know you say the word coaching and someone turns around and says oh what sport yeah and you're like oh have you seen me no I definitely don't do any of that um but then you know in the next breath you've got someone going oh I did that once and I'm thinking, yeah. okay, you, you did it once. How did mm-hmm. that, what did that look like? Yeah. Oh, I did it, you know, a course for a couple of hours. Oh, no, mm-hmm. that isn't, you know, yeah. and the term is getting very widely used and it's, I hope it's not like weakening what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's um, exactly why, how does a person find somebody they yeah. can trust and make sure they have the proper qualifications? So my biggest word of advice would be is get someone who's accredited. Mm-hmm. Now the International Coaching Federation, which is the ICF for short, is really, it's renowned worldwide. And we have a chapter here in Luxembourg in mm-hmm. which I'm a board member of. Don't be afraid to provoke and question and say, who did you do your training with? How many coaching hours have you got right now? Are you accredited? Who are you accredited with? So what's next for you? Oh, great question. Um, I think for me, it's um, continuing the work with the ICF. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of events coming up until, you know, the latter half of 2023. We've already started looking at what 24 could look like, really touching on um, kind of bringing awareness and accessibility to minority groups, more neurodiverse oh, okay. groups, wow. which, is, um, which is really great. So you have to come back on the podcast and tell us how this <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely. And tell everybody how to find you. So you can head on Instagram to 613 Fulfillment Coaching. Uh, that's the best place to go. There you can see ways to kind of book a connection call. Mm-hmm. And my email address is there if you prefer that also. And I just welcome you to, yeah, have a coffee and a chat with me. That's so nice. Thank you so much, Grace. Continue so success. Much. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week on Open Mic Life.